Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Of course, on the podcast, I treat a lot of Marian topics, but also I like engaging in different conversations, whether that's about Christian spirituality, other aspects of our Catholic faith, or whatever it might be. And so today I want to address a topic that really I think we've all heard it kind of talked about, and maybe some of us have a grasp and an understanding of it, and maybe some of us are still trying to understand it. I'm probably somewhere in the middle of those two. There's a new book from Sophia Institute Press. It's called Woke Proof Your Life. So we're going to talk about what woke is and what being woke is and how we can address it. And my guest today is Teresa Mull, and she lives in Pennsylvania. And currently, um, she is an assistant editor of The Spectator World, a policy advisor for education at the Heartland Institute, and a part-time editor of the Phillipsburg Journal, where her beloved terrier has a weekly advice column. So I want to learn a little bit about that too. So uh, I'm so happy to have you, Teresa, on the show today. Thanks for joining me. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. So your your pet writes a column, is that right? He does, yeah. He's uh, he's very wise as far as advice goes. Um, <laughs> it's just an amusing little thing that my friend thought of. My, my terrier is... Um, He's quite the character. He's kind of a town celebrity, and most of his advice revolves around where you can get food because he is the hungriest little dog that I've ever known. So he he likes to give advice on local restaurants and stuff like that. (laughs) Well, that's great. And so you've just written this book, Woke Proof Your Life. The subtitle is A Handbook on Escaping Modern Political Madness and Shielding Yourself and Your Family by Living a More Self-Sufficient, Fulfilling Life. I think maybe the first question is, why did he feel called to write this book? There's a few reasons. Um, I just look at the world today and compare it to what it was like when I grew up and then even what society was like, say, three years ago before the COVID pandemic. And I just see the way that so many Americans look at one another and treat each other. And it seems to be more of an attitude now of um, anger, of competition, of distrust. And um, I remember growing up, you know, learning the Pledge of Allegiance, singing the national anthem, um, just being proud to be an American and to uh, and to look at my fellow citizens more about what we have in common you know our judeo-christian values and the Constitution all these things that we um, we upheld as as valuable in in our traditions and um, now I get a sense that we are more you know fighting each other I think a lot of what happened during covid was we had this increased kind of attitude of competition with one another or the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. And I don't think we've recovered from that. And what I see in the woke movement is a lot of people looking to one another to to kind of use them. You know, what can I get from you? Can I get reparations from you? Do I have something that puts me above you? You know, is my skin color different? Is my gender special? You know, trying to trying to compete with each other rather than to help each other and help one another um, thrive and serve each other. So I really don't like this attitude. It's not a Christian attitude. It's uh, 
it's something that is making us all stressed out and anxious and upset. And I pinpointed wokeness as really the culprit here of this this attitude that we have. So that was well, that was one of my inspirations, you know, just the kind of the the growing um, anger and angst that I see permeating our culture and. And then I was just sick and tired of buying stuff that had, you know, like a rainbow flag on it or something about diversity, equity, inclusion, all these woke talking points that I know are not bringing about positive fruits. They're really rotten and they're making our society worse. And I was tired of funding that stuff and and seeing it everywhere. So I wanted to offer people who are like me and who are sick of the the politicization of every aspect of our lives some options for, for escaping that. So those are my two basic inspirations. So this idea of woke, uh, I'd be interested to know, like, how did this term get defined or when did it emerge, I guess? So, so I don't remember anybody using the word woke, like 10 years ago, except I woke up in the morning. So, so, (laughs) um, I guess, yeah. When does this term emerge and what is your understanding of what it means to be woke? Right. So in researching the etymology of this word, I guess it has been around for several years now, but like you said, it really came into being more, much more recently. Um, it was uh, kind of came to prominence during the Black Lives Matter riots and things. Uh, I think it was like three summers ago. Um, we saw those riots during the summer over some different police shootings and things like that. And what the term originally meant was kind of um, being awaken to social racial injustice, um, which of course sounds like a noble thing. You know, we should be alert to injustices in the world and fighting against them. But it's also, it's evolved to mean just kind of um, pointing out instances, I would say false instances of quote unquote injustice, basically just accusing your neighbor of discriminating against you um, so that you can get something from that other person. So um, woke is, I, I define it as, um, you know, in, in its basic form as a kind of political correctness on steroids. You know, people are, one of the sample sentences that Google had used for a long time, and you can see it um, if you search for the definition of woke, is we need to stay angry and stay woke. So stay angry actually comes first, which I point out in the book is, you know, we're told in scripture that anger just um, leads to, to nothing good, you know. Um, so these people are essentially walking around angry. They're angry people and they're looking for a reason to excuse their anger and to get something from their anger. So that's not a <laughs> that's not an attitude that I want to have. I don't like being angry. You know, it tends to evil, this angry attitude. But um, if you look at the fruits of wokeness, as I said, you know, it is tending to evil. All the things that wokeness has brought about has been has been polluting our world. So, and how do you think the church should respond to this notion of woke uh, culture? And for example, I know that Bishop Barron. Uh, I know that he's spoken a lot about the woke culture. He's probably one of the only uh, bishops out there speaking up using these terms because he wants to engage with the 
present culture and such. And so uh, I know that his uh, Word on Fire Institute uh, did a lecture on wokeism. He's addressed it at the Acton Institute, the Philosophical Roots of Wokeism. You can actually find that on YouTube uh, if you want to watch it. So how does the church, how should we respond? Right. Well, certainly the church must um, be responding to to all um, contemporary um, trends. You know, we we are an ancient church. We've been around since literally the beginning. So um, it's it's the tendency, I think, with a lot of traditional um, traditional minded people to to kind of go back to to um, to the roots of our faith, which is very important, and to remain grounded in that. But we can't turn a blind eye to what is happening in the here and now either. So it's very important to um, to address these things and to speak from the pulpit, to um, do as Father Barron has done and address these things in a very vocal way. Um, so the first thing, of course, is to educate people about what these terms mean and how they are relevant to our faith. You know, a lot, a big tenant of the uh, woke movement is the the LGBT, gay and lesbian, homosexual, transsexual, um, all that sort of thing, which is, of course, um, looked upon as very grave sins within the Catholic faith. So these are things that, um, you know, have taken hold and are taking root in our society. And the church needs to be strong and standing up against it and being firm. And, um, you know, people, the woke, woke movement is very successful at painting traditional people, traditional minded people and religious people, especially as judgmental, as anti-love, quote unquote, all these things. They're really successful at bullying so that if you say that you disapprove of the LGBT um, lifestyle, for instance, they, they're they very good at, at painting you as a bigot or things like that. And we can't be afraid. You know, we know the truth. We know what our faith teaches and we know that it's what Christ wants us to do. So in the face, face of cancellation, of censorship, you know, just remember that um, Christ was was persecuted much more harshly than we will be, you know. Um, if we if we speak up, we might get canceled. We might, you know, lose a f- few friends along the way. But um there's there's nothing there's nothing better that we can do is to stand up for our faith and to educate people with love with compassion you know we must be firm we must be cunning um we're fighting for our for our souls and those of our neighbors so keep that in mind educate yourself in in the truth and and why we believe what we believe so that you're armed with those talking points whenever you counter people who are pushing the woke agenda and uh and be brave you know are there any signs of hope right now as we live in the woke society? Absolutely. Um, if you look at statistics, there is only about a third of people who respond to polling from, I would say, mainstream liberal tends to, mainstream media tends to be pretty liberal, and they ask these these polling questions, and only about a third of respondents. Uh, say that they identify as woke. Uh, the thing about the woke movement is that it's very well funded and it's very powerful because it's led by largely, um, you know, the internet and social media, which, which for the large part is controlled and owned by these very wealthy left-wing radical woke types. So they're controlling the narrative that way. But if you go into the real world and you talk to people, most people are against this and you see that 
in things like the Bud Light controversy with those boycotts having been very successful from non-woke people who are refusing to go along with the woke movement. You see that with the the pride campaign and the satanic stuff that we've seen through Target, uh, Dodger Stadium, those types of things, people are really pushing back in a big way. And they've said they're saying enough is enough. So, uh, yeah, if you just watch watch the news, you you consume so much social media, you would be led to believe that you're the only one who is not woke. <laughs> but that's really, really far from reality and uh, a big part of the woke movements. Um, scheme is to make you feel isolated and alone like you're the only one but uh that's how they divide and conquer but we can't let them divide us so a big part point of my book is to get together with like-minded people and build a community and rebuild those traditions that bring us together and really spread the truth in a virtuous society that's outside of the woke talking points because they're really not as powerful as they think they are and they need us more than we need them Now, when you say build a community, now, of course, we can mean build a community like the Benedict Option, for example, that, you know, like-minded people come together, they live in kind of like a little group uh, in a a community, basically, uh, and maybe a rural setting, and they kind of form their own way of life, and it becomes centered around the church. Or do you mean community just as in uh, constantly being in contact with others, like having a support group, like you meet through Zoom or phone calls, emails, whatever? Like, uh, what's your vision for that community response? Yeah, I advocate for both of those things. You know, there's many different sorts of communities that can be effective. And, um, you know, I I give options. I want this book to be accessible to anybody and to be realistic for anybody. You know, I have options for you live somewhere super liberal. Maybe you should move. You know, maybe you should move somewhere that is more supportive of your lifestyle and is more likely to cultivate a virtuous life for you and your family. You know, if you're going to um, if you want to quit smoking, going and hanging out with people who don't smoke is a really good way <laughs> to be able to do that. And if you want to um, nurture your soul and have stimulating conversations and be around people who are uh, who are trying to become saints, you know, living amongst people who are who are doing that is is another really good way, obviously, to uh, to help help yourself. Um, But of course, not everybody can just pick up and move somewhere. Not everybody can go live in the forest and homestead as much as you might like to. That's just not not realistic for so many people. So yeah, you know, finding, you know, social media, though it does have a lot of ills and there's a lot of wokeness on there, it can be a great resource to find people that, you know, you can meet with once a once a week and discuss current events or, you know, study the catechism together, things like that, pray together, just, um, any way that you can come in contact with others who are trying to live a non-woke life and who are striving toward heaven and making each other better is going to be positive. I think you're more likely to uh, to discover such a community if you do go somewhere that there are, you know, there's a strong church group or, um, you know, people people are seeking that life in a physical community. But any way that you can do it is, is going to help you. So do what you can and do as much as you can and uh, pray for Pray for guidance, you know, ask God to help you find virtuous friends and, um, and community members. Now, your book is called Woke Proof Your Life. So, so in a sense, it's kind of, you know, you have a castle, let's say, and you build a, 
you build a big fence around it or whatever. So is that what we're trying to do? And so how do we take those steps to woke-proof our life? Right. Um, I don't want people to think that I'm advocating in any way of kind of putting our heads in the sand and pretending like wokeness doesn't exist because there are many people who are who are vulnerable, who are waffling between woke and non-woke. They don't know what to believe. They're perhaps lacking a faith in God. They didn't grow up with going to church. They have had no contact, perhaps, with the spiritual world. And um, if we just bury our heads in the sand and go live off-grid and hide from it, um, there's millions of souls who who we could help that that are going to be lost if we do that. So I'm not advocating for hiding from it, um, but it's more about building kind of an impenetrable force um, within yourself, within your family, and within your community so that whenever you do go into the woke world, the wokeness doesn't affect you. You know, I use the analogy of being waterproof. Um, if you want to go out in the rain and uh, you don't want to get wet, you put on an awesome Gore-Tex waterproof jacket and a waterproof hat or an umbrella and some really great waterproof boots, and then you can go out and you won't get wet. It's the same thing with wokeness. You know, you put on your virtue, you're educated in the truth, you have cultivated a spirit of peace and purpose, you know that God is on your side, you're confident, you know what the truth is, you know how to argue it, um, you have grace to encounter your fellow uh, citizens, even if they are woke, with strength of conviction and, um, again, with compassion. So, um, you have all these things. So whenever you go into the work world, you're not afraid. So that is what I advocate for. Um, I also encourage people to not to be afraid. You know, we are told be not afraid. We are told not to hide our light under a bushel. You know, we are to be examples in the world, to stand for truth and to be role models. So it, we do have a duty to go out into the woke world and show what non-wokeness is all about and why it's wonderful. I encourage people to take up hobbies, to use their gifts and talents and interests that God has blessed us with to their fullest. You know, I think there's a there's a tendency, and I've seen it with myself, with, with my friends and family, to get so agitated by wokeness and the ridiculousness and the evilness, which, of course, righteous anger is a thing, but um, we can't let it consume us. We can't let it distract us from the beauty of the world and all the wonderful things that God has given us. So we can't sit at home on the internet fighting with, with woke people people on Twitter or watch the news 24 hours a day and get agitated and upset and, and to the point that we're not enjoying and, uh, and um, appreciating all the beautiful things God has given us. So um, it's all about balance, you know, fighting whenever you're called to, but also uh, making sure that you're taking care of the, the rest of your, your garden. Uh, your book deals with seven ways to be truly normal. And so this is just kind of our response to living happy, healthy, holy lives. Uh, but what are some of those ways? Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, of course, I will. I, I stole this little piece of advice from the Bible, which is seek ye first. So, of course, um, our lives are bookended by God. And if we let it, um, we'll have God throughout our lives. But, you know, we come into the world because of the grace of God, and then we'll go out, we will meet God. So in between, we want to make sure that we're on good terms with Him. And we can't do anything without His grace and His love and His mercy. So, um 
apart from just, you know, life being a lot easier and more pleasant and um, beautiful if we have a relationship with God, there's also studies that show that people who have a strong faith and um, and have a church community are happier and healthier and more optimistic in society. So I encourage people to do what they can to strengthen their relationship with God if they don't have a relationship with him at all, to seek out friends or coworkers or, um, you know, go to their local church. And, and see what it's all about. You know, you have nothing to lose. Our our misery levels are higher than they've ever been. So even if people think that religion and, and church is kind of silly, I'm like, well, um, you're taking a lot of antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication, microdosing with uh, hallucinogenics, whatever it is, you know, all these things that we're trying to kind of shortcut the the obvious answer, um, do anything but go to church and pray and, and ask God for help. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the one weird trick that I tell people. Start out with that. <laughs> so seek God, um, educate yourself, your friends, your family, anybody who will listen. You know, there's so many great programs. This is an instance where social media and the internet are really positive um, things that we can enhance our lives with, you know, read, read the great literature, read the great thinkers of our time. They, uh, you know, that you'll, you'll find that there is, there really is nothing new <laughs> under the sun. You read what was going on a thousand years ago, 500 years ago. There's a lot of similar themes. So, um, rather than spending your time, you know, scrolling mindlessly through social media or, um, standing in line to buy junk that you don't really need at Walmart or whatever it is, you know, try picking up a book, try, um, try joining a classical academy online that caters to adults. Or if you have kids, you know, get them interested in reading this great literature and really nurture your soul and it, it will open your world and, and just cause you to, to look at this woke nonsense as, as really what it is, which is nonsense. Um, yeah. And then, then look at hobbies, look at groups, look at volunteer opportunities within your community. You know, people are getting together less and less, and that is increasing the isolation and the loneliness, which is really dangerous, not only for your spiritual health, but for your physical health too. So um, make a point of having a backyard picnic, inviting your neighbors over, you know, doing things um, for your community, maybe when you don't feel like volunteering at the Knights of Columbus picnic, do it anyway. You know, go to these things, promote them, um, get away from the anger and the the noise that is so prevalent on on your screen and live in the real world. You'll find that most people, whenever you go out and talk to them face to face, you have more in common with them than not. You know, they're they're not likely to say, you know, my skin color is darker than yours. That makes me better than you. You know, people I don't think really want to be angry. Um, and it's very easy to be angry whenever you're doing it through a screen. But if you're doing it face to face with people, you realize that um, your fellow humans are really enjoyable, and uh, you just have to make the point to get to know them and and bring us all back to more civilized interactions. I think it's interesting that you mention, you know, go to church, talk to the Lord, pray before the Blessed Sacrament, you know, so so we're kind of bringing in our own faith elements here into this conversation. And that's really the very things that the woke culture rejects. They reject God and tradition. You know, you mentioned classics. Go and read a book. Read the classics. Well, they're canceling them because they find them to be offensive. So so it's very much like almost as if to say the things they are rejecting, well, these are the things we need to embrace. 
Exactly. I say that um, if we want to defeat wokeness, there needs to be an equal and opposite reaction <laughs> to the actions that they're pushing. So, yeah, they don't they don't want us to encounter virtue. They don't want us to serve one another because their whole premise is based on the adulation of the self, you know, as every sin is based in pride and, um, you know, the original sin. I want to be like God and and that's exactly what wokeness is about. I mean, they're literally saying a man is a woman and a woman is a man. They're they're trying to play God. Um, so that's why wokeness is starting to to take hold and thrive. I, I don't think it's as far along as many people would believe, as I said, because of the, the so, social media and mainstream media messaging. But yeah, you take God out of the picture and people are empty, they're lost, they're lonely. We see wokeness rise at the same time that godlessness has risen. So you take God out of the picture, people are searching for meaning, they're searching for something, they're sad, they're depressed, they're empty. And wokeness swoops in and says, hey, why don't you fill your belief in God since that's gone? You know, why don't you fill that with belief in yourself and and see if you can get your, get your neighbor to... Um, to um, pay your your student loans or to you know whatever it is um so people whenever they're they're wandering around thinking about themselves and their misery and how they've been discriminated against or whatever it is um they're gonna be they're gonna be upset they're gonna be pretty miserable you know self-pity is is not a fun fun place to be so um yeah, but if you if you fill your days with thinking about your neighbors, thinking about how you can serve others, how you can make the world a more beautiful place, you're going to be happier, healthier, and holier, and and uh, and way less woke. <laughs> what do you think uh, in terms of a spiritual reaction to all of this? You know, is the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary? So, of course, this is podcast about Mary. That's my expertise. I have a few ideas in mind already, but uh, do you think she has any role in combating wokeness? Oh, of course. Well, the Blessed Mother is everybody's mother. And, um, you know, the big, big um, tactic of wokeness is to incite fear, you know, um, if you're afraid of something, you're gonna, you're gonna do whatever the person tells you, right? So I make the analogy to like an old Western movie. The first thing that the bank robber on the stagecoach does is hold a gun up to the people and say, you know, do whatever I tell you. And they do because they're afraid. I mean, the, the woke masterminds may not be using guns, but they're using cancellation. They're using bullying tactics. You know, they'll call you a racist or they'll cancel you or censor you or, you know, do these these terrible things. Nobody wants to be called a homophobe or a white nationalist or whatever it is. So we do what they say. We go along to get along and, and we follow their agenda. Um, so whenever we're afraid, um, you know, as children, we are all children of, of God and, and of the Blessed Mother. So let's take refuge in her. You know, she is there to be our mother. And whenever I was a little kid, even to this day, whenever I get scared of something, I, I call up my mom. <laughs> I go to, go to my mother and ask her for advice and she comforts me, you know. So let's do that now. You know, if you're afraid of woke culture, even, even if you're not necessarily afraid of it, but you want guidance, you know, our mother is there to take care of us. She is, she is a strong woman who's looking out for our world and, and she wants, wants the faith of 
Catholicism to thrive and for us to be able to um, to spread it while we're here on earth and to save souls. She wants to take care of all of us. So let's ask the Blessed Mother, you know, to, to be our guiding star, to, to take care of not only us who might already have faith, but those who don't, you know, help, ask her to help us to help our neighbors love her and follow her and take refuge in her. She's, she's there to help us and she's eager to, and she wants to, and she's really good at it. <laughs> I always bring it back to the champion apparition. So Mary appeared in the United States in the state of Wisconsin in 1859 to a Belgian immigrant named Adele Bryce. And in that message, Mary said, I'm the queen of heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners, and I wish you to do the same. And so kind of looking at this whole woke culture, well, we see a culture in need of conversion and leaving behind uh, things that are contrary to the ways of God. And so, so really, we need the prayers of the queen of heaven who's praying for the conversion of sinners. We need to join her, as she asked, also in that prayer. And then Quite interestingly, too, in this champion apparition, Mary speaks of catechesis. She says, gather the children, teach them what they need to know for salvation. So I would think if you want to kind of contra the woke culture, well, teach these good values and wholesome and holy values to your children so that they're not inheriting them. And, and so, you know, even protecting them from these um, crazy ideologies that are out there. So, so that's just kind of one way that I see perhaps even this Wisconsin apparition coming into play right now uh, into this dialogue. Absolutely. And I have a big section in the book about ways that you can educate your children if you are able to homeschool them, that's wonderful. If you have a homeschooling co-op, um, if you're able to send them to a Catholic school or, or just a private school, that's more wholesome and gets them away from these woke influences. And then, um, you know, even if you can't, you know, as I said, I try to make this book accessible to everyone and, and, and doable regardless of your of your personal situation but you know if you do have to send them to somewhere that's maybe they're exposed to more wokeness than you would like ask the blessed mother to protect them to um put her mantle over them so if they if they do encounter some woke stuff here and there maybe in the public school or wherever it is on social media that it doesn't penetrate their souls and it doesn't hurt them um so definitely always take refuge in the blessed mother that's that's what she's there for, and that's what she loves to do, and um, she's looking out for us and your children. You know, this is something that's always bothered me a little bit. So talking about protecting our, our young people, you know, why is it that you can have perfectly normal teenagers living in your household, and then they go off to college and they become radicalized with these different agendas? Um, I, I'm sure that somehow this is a contributing factor from the the woke culture would, would that be a fair assessment absolutely um and we've seen that going on especially at um some of the more quote-unquote prestigious um universities for many years you know there's so much of academia is is liberal and radical and that's where a lot of the seeds of wokeness begin and 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 ferment um so I do also have a section in the book on colleges. You know, there's there's so much crazy wokeness going on at, at college and, and kids are still young and impressionable. They might be technically adults at that age, but you know, their their brains are still forming and they're still they're still um, you know, 
want to fit in all those sorts of things that that we encounter throughout our lives that that we never really overcome but um yeah there's a list in there of good good schools that are non-woke that will you know your your kid can of course go to a woke institution and emerge unscathed and maybe even firmer in his or her faith because he encountered you know all these radical woke things and then he had to fight against them and debate and um, maybe it made his conviction stronger but I would say that's not something you really want to risk and what's more how much time is your child wasting battling woke stuff whenever he could be learning you know the great texts or studying the catechism with like-minded friends and forming friendships that will last his whole life and edify him and lead him to heaven so I do encourage parents to do what they can to steer their children toward um, these non-woke institutions institutions of higher learning and there's plenty of them um and uh and that that's a great way to take back our society you know if you're not you also don't want to send your tuition money to these uh to the the woke institutions that are going to just um keep teaching this nonsense and keep inventing more woke stuff so <laughs> be careful about where your money's going to yeah and that's something you said earlier uh just uh you were kind of fed up with all of that like giving my money to and having these things kind of forced down our throats uh, and that's why you were rising up against it. Yeah, it's everywhere, it seems like. Um, and I have a whole list in the book, too, of woke businesses and corporations. And then you start looking at, like, um, you know, one company and one corporation will own like 10 or 20 other brands that we know and love and that have become staple products like Nabisco is owned by, you know, a big woke corporation that makes Oreos or it makes this or it makes that, you know, these things that we just kind of take for granted in daily American life. It turns out uh, we are funding some pretty evil things whenever we buy this stuff. So you look at these lists and you're like, dang, I, I do have to go off grid and become a prepper and grow all my own food and basically never buy anything again. But that's not the case. You know, there's still plenty of either non-woke or just neutral companies out there. I also list those. There are um, some organizations that are uniting non-woke people. One is called New Founding, and that's a place that people can go to find advice on things like a babysitter or, you know, where they can make connections if you're looking for a job or you're looking to hire people who are like-minded and traditional and non-woke. Uh, you can go there, and that's a great place to form a community. So there are options. There is that equal and opposite reaction to wokeness that exists. Um, there's an app called the Public Square app that that will guide you to uh, companies and businesses that are like-minded so that you can be a conscientious consumer. And I also make the point too, whenever you uh, you really want to buy something or you feel like you need it, quote unquote, you probably don't. Um, and if you're, if you're tempted to buy something from a, from a woke corporation and you deny yourself, you know, that's, that's a great work of penance and, um, you can offer it up. You can say a prayer. You can take the money that you are going to use to buy whatever that thing is from the, from Target or, or Walmart or the woke corporation and you can give it to your church or you can donate it to a, a worthy charity. So there's plenty of opportunities also for us to deny ourselves and to become more virtuous in doing so and to simplify our lives um, and realize that we're not, we're not supposed to be, um, you know, building up our treasure here on earth, but in heaven. So 
And whenever you are built, this is all, all tied in together, this will proof lifestyle. If you're spending time with your neighbors doing simple things like having a cookout, you don't need to buy as many things. You don't need as much stuff because you're not filling your life with, with the physical, but more with the spiritual and the emotional gifts that God, God grants us by, uh, by serving one another. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. I know I've learned a little bit more about what is woke and, you know, kind of our response uh, to the woke culture that we all are experiencing uh, through the internet, through daily life, everywhere you turn, you kind of see this ideology being promoted. And so if you want to learn how you can woke-proof your life, in a handbook on escaping modern political madness and shielding yourself and your family by living a more self-sufficient, fulfilling life, you should check out Teresa Mull's new book from Sophia Institute Press. You can buy it directly from Sophia Institute Press or wherever you buy your books. And uh, Teresa, uh, if people want to read some of your writings or even that little column from your dog, is there a place on the internet like your website that you would direct people to? Yeah, so I am an assistant editor at The Spectator World. It's just thespectator.com where I do a lot of writing. I also freelance here and there. If you Google my name, you can find that. Um, I also have been kind of creating a portfolio of some of my my articles at theamericanfrontporch.com. So you can find uh, find some of my more um, diverse articles, to use a woke term, <laughs> there. I write about lots of different fun stuff. I don't always just write about the woke thing. But, um, yeah, and if you have any advice that you need for my dog, feel free to to reach out. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Teresa, for joining me today on How They Love Mary. It was a pleasure. Thank you.